my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Hey there, Tanner fans. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. Well, today I'm bringing you another Valentine's themed episode. This one it comes from season six. It's episode 16 entitled The Heartbreak Kid, which aired on February 9th, 1993. In this episode, Michelle mistakes Steve's friendliness for romantic love, and Jesse has trouble with his new computer. This episode aired on February 9th, 1993. I would have been 10 years old at this point. This episode's got a 6.7 out of 10 rating based on 151 ratings on IMDb. It was directed by Joel Zwick, writers Jeff Franklin, the creator, and Kathy Jung. Has Kathy Jung written for any other Full House episodes? Let's see. Uh, she's written one other episode in season seven, Michelle a la carte. So, okay, she definitely is, does some, oh, she even wrote some episodes of Growing Pains, uh, all in season seven. Okay. Oh, she wrote The Last Picture Show Part 1, which is part one of the series finale. Wow, that is a big deal to be writing the second to last episode of a, a show's series. Wow. All right. Good for her. All right. Let's see. Believe no, we don't have. Oh, we got um, we got Denise coming in. Yep, played by Journey Smollett hyphen Bell. All right, let's see. The episode is titled after WWE legend Shawn Michaels. Nickname. Uh, okay. Let's see. After the pretend wedding ceremony, Steve announces he has to go home because his mother is making meatloaf for dinner. In the second season episode, Middle Age Crazy from 1989, Stephanie has a pretend wedding with her best friend Harry and her quote-unquote husband leaves right afterwards because his mother is making meatloaf for dinner. How coincidental is that? Oh, we got a goof. We got a goof. During the scene when Michelle and Steve are getting married, Denise tells Steve to go stand by Michelle. You can see that he's wearing a watch. Then after he's standing next to Michelle, his watch is gone. When Michelle comes into the kitchen and sees the cookies, Steve starts to put icing on one of them. It then cuts to a close-up of Michelle and the icing tube is now further from the tray and nothing is coming out of it. Well, if you're not squeezing the icing tube, nothing is going to come out of it. It's just not going to start pouring out like, you know, a, a a dam breaking and water rushing through. Or a toothpaste tube. Errors made by characters. When Denise calls for everyone to take their places 
for the pretend wedding, she calls Steve, quote-unquote, the husband. Since the wedding hasn't actually taken place yet, he'd be the groom. Well, you know what? She's also, like, six years old, so let's cut her some slack. She's not an ordained minister. She didn't go to ordainedminister.com and get a certificate online to perform the ceremony. No. Miscellaneous, DJ. <laughs> Stephanie says to DJ, I thought you'd be the first one to get married. In middle age crazy, Stephanie was going to marry Harry. Yes, I already said that. I know. We got some connections. Hogan's Heroes. Danny jokes that the tunnel on Hogan's Heroes exists <laughs> or ex exits into Joey's closet. Gotcha. The Heartbreak Kid. Title reference. Okay, this is a movie from 1972. A newlywed man on his honeymoon has second thoughts about his marriage and falls for a different woman. Well, Charles Grodin, this dude is young. Sybil Shepard, let's see, do I recognize any other names? Doris Roberts, really? She's in this movie? Because she played Danny's mother, Claire Tanner Part uh, 2.0, and, um... Granny Tanny. Yeah, I remember that. Happy days. Danny finds a Fonzie watch in Joey's closet and then imitates the character. <laughs> Alright. We got some user reviews. Of course, the ever-faithful Power Man Dan. 7 out of 10. All plots work well to a degree. This was published on March 24th, 2019, so almost a year ago this review went up. Three plots. All good. Nice and cute. One has Danny helping clean out Joey's closet. He finds a picture of his old high school girlfriend. Must have been before uh, Pam. Turns out the only reason she dated Danny Joey, spoiler alert, was to make a younger guy, Jesse, jealous. I die every time this happens. Another involves one of the twins accidentally erasing Jesse's book report on his computer. Only Stephanie can help while Danny and Joey patronize him. <laughs> The main plot was a little weak. Steve and DJ play around with Michelle in marriage, but she thinks it is for real. I don't know what it is, but this plot never hit me as hard as I think it should have. The other two plots are hilarious, and this is just okay. So basically, he or she feels that plot A was really kind of weak sauce, and plots B and C were awesome sauce. Great. Of course, I can't get into the episode yet without letting you all know where you can go follow along on the podcast. You can go <laughs> follow the podcast on social media on Facebook at Oh My Land to Holy Jalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. Or you can just type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast and the name will pop right up. So you can like, you can follow, you'll find out about upcoming episodes. Also, OMHC Full House Fuller House Pod is on Instagram. If you'd like to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Um, also, I do put the uh, email address in the episode description. So there's that. Also, if you have been listening for a while, I would love if you could go to iTunes and leave a rating and review. You can use emojis for characters or of the show or episode titles. It just have fun with it. Be creative. The more reviews the show gets, the more we get this out there. And other Full House, Fuller House fans like yourselves can listen along. 
Because I believe I said in the last episode, and I will also do it next week as well, the podcast is taking a break for a little bit while I work on some other stuff. There's stuff on the home front that I'm focusing on. So basically here's how it's going to go. I'm taking a month off in March. I have two season four episodes with Rusty that are going to be for April. You get one Mother's Day episode, Goodbye Mr. Bear. And in June, you'll get the Father's Day episode, Daddy's Home. If I do have time, I will do Danny in charge for Father's Day. I will also do that. So I'm pretty much just kind of play by ear. Um, I'll give you guys kind of a heads up once I know how things are going and how things are going to proceed. I'll probably go from four episodes a month to maybe two just because I'm kind of spread myself out and kind of putting focuses into other things as well. So, all right, with that being said, let's jump into this episode. So, the cold open's pretty short and simple. Denise and Michelle are playing in her room. They're like, oh, what do you want to play now? And Michelle's like, well, we could play house, which, I mean, what, what, who of us hasn't played house? And I played house in the 90s. But instead of using baby dolls for children, what they're going to do is just have Michelle play the father role and... Denise is going to play the child role. Because before they decide to play house, Denise suggests, let's go jump on your bed. And, of course, Michelle's like, well, I can't because my dad wouldn't like that. So Michelle's like, okay, we can play house. Denise says, you'll be the dad and I'll be the kid. Can we jump on the bed now? And Michelle's like, what did I just tell you? And Denise is like, yeah, but you're the dad now. So Michelle's like, hmm, yeah, that's right. Okay, let's go jump on the bed. So the girls are jumping on the bed and Michelle notices like, hey, Denise, you know, your hair can jump higher than you. <laughs> and that's the cold open. What kid hasn't jumped on their bed? I, I would say just about every single child has jumped on their bed at least once in their life. At least once in their life. I remember one time when I was living with my aunt and uncle and they were setting up the beds and my cousins were jumping on the bed and they ended up breaking it. Yeah, let's just say the aftermath was not very pretty. Someone was an angry father. <laughs> Alright, so we come out of the intro. We are in the kitchen. We got DJ doing, uh, putting the finishing touches on some heart-shaped Valentine's Day cookies. We have Kimmy with a stack of Valentines. And it looks like to one side of her, there's... You know how you'd like get a box of like 32 valentines to send out to your classmates? It looks like some of those. And Steve looks at her like, wow, Kimmy, I didn't know you knew so many guys. And she's like, oh, well, no, no, no. I only know like these three guys. The rest are addressed to occupant. So she's just going to start popping them in mailboxes and hoping that somebody like gives her a call. That's uh, not safe. The DJ, DJ tells Steve, all right, these ones are cool enough to pack, as then put into these tin containers. Of course, they're red for Valentine's Day. And, of course, Steve's like, oh, great, as he goes to pop one in his mouth, and she grabs his arm like, I don't mean to pack into your mouth. I mean the container. Because it's for a fundraiser for school. Of course, whenever there's some type of baked good down there, cake, cookies, ice, whatever, it doesn't matter. Michelle comes running like, oh, something smells like cookies. And we see Steve has already kind of been icing one. Which, when we see the pan, 
we can see it looks like none of them have been iced, but one of them we can only see like part of the cookies because there's a row of cookies that you can't see from this angle. The student council bake sale. Gotcha. Okay, now we got some clarification going on. I was just like, oh, bummer. But Steve's like, hey, you know, I, I think we can spare a cookie. But then there'll be an uneven number. I don't like uneven numbers. Okay, Michelle's six. So she's like, well, why are they all shaped like hearts? She's six, right? I'm sure at age six in kindergarten or first grade, they hand out Valentine's Day cards. So why she can't put two and two together? And Kimmy's got a whole bunch of red envelopes. So I don't, I mean, again, she's six, so... I'm not going to harp on it too much. So DJ explains that they're shaped like hearts, the cookies are, for Valentine's Day. And Valentine's Day is all about love. And of course, Kimmy's like, yes, it's a wonderful, beautiful thing. And then she decides to show Michelle, because she's got her biology book, what a heart looks like. Hey, kid, you want to see what a real heart looks like? I'm like, I don't want to see what a real heart looks like. And I'm, like, in my 30s. I've seen them. They're, bleh, bleh. That stuff on the inside needs to stay on the inside. I don't need to see, um, in detailed pictures. So she's just, Kimmy's just going to end up grossing Michelle out. She didn't ask to see this picture. The fact that you're showing it to her is going to traumatize her for life in some form. She won't end up a doctor, I'll tell you that much. Excellent. My Valentine cards are all addressed. Wow, Kimmy, I can't believe you know so many guys. Oh, I don't. I only know these guys. These are addressed to Occupant. <laughs> hey, Steve, these cookies are cool enough to pack. But not your mouth. <laughs> Something smells like cookies. I knew it. <laughs> Sorry, Michelle, but these are for the student council bake sale. Bummer. <laughs> How come they're all shaped like hearts? Well, because they're for Valentine's Day. And Valentine's Day is about love, and love comes from the heart. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> hey, squirt. I'm taking biology. You want to see what a real heart looks like? No. Ew! Ew! Well, actually, that's a baboon's heart, but you get the picture. I don't want to see that. Give me, give me, come on, cool out, please. Really? Gross. Yeah, Michelle, you know we can spare one cookie? There you go. Look. An M and sprinkles. Now you're my special valentine. Aw, that's adorable. I am? Mm-hmm. Sure. Wow. <laughs> hey, Deej, you gonna let Thumbelina steal your man? <laughs> hey, can't stand in the way of true love. Oh, uh, you guys need to true dial it down a bit. I'm never gonna, gonna get this cookie. <laughs> so how do you resist this smile? So cute. She's so cute. Yeah, she's All right. So Steve pretty much tells Kimmy, like, cool out. Just, chill, just put the. She didn't ask to see that. You're freaking the kid out. Please stop. Here. You know what, Michelle? I'll, I'll do you solid. Here we go. We can spare a cookie. He uses the red icing, draws an M on it, and he hands it to her. My special Valentine. And of course, Kimmy's like, oh, wow, Deej, you're going to let Thumbelina steal your man? And here's where the confusion's going to set in. DJ said Valentine's Day is all about love, right? Steve calls Michelle his special Valentine. 
DJ, of course, doesn't help matters when she says, I can't stand in the way of true love. And Michelle's like, true love? Michelle is just, I mean, her heart is just swelling with love and just, oh, it's, I mean, Steve, he's cute, don't get me wrong. And I get it, you know, young girls, Michelle's age or older can have crushes on him. But when they say true love or Valentine's Day equals love, my special Valentine, she's going to start to confuse admiration and adoration with love and true love. So she's like, I'm never going to eat this cookie. She gazes lovingly at the cookie like, it's almost like he give a, gave a piece of himself to Michelle, like, you're mine forever or something like that. And she walks with just cupping the cookie so she doesn't mess up the icing, the, the M that he drew, starts walking out of the kitchen, stops, Spins, turns around, gazes lovingly at Steve, and he just kind of gives that movie star smile back to her. Gives her a little wink. And then she leaves, and Steve and DJ are like, ah, oh, she's so cute. She's, I love that kid. She's so cute. Now we head upstairs to plot, we're going to call this one plot B because this is what comes up right after, and then we'll get to plot C. It's going to be Danny and Joey. So, Jesse's got an early laptop. It's more like a word processor, really. You can't really even go on the internet with it. But his professor, you know, the one that um, he walked out on twice, and then, of course, you know, when he went back to night school in that episode, and then he went back, tail-tucked between his legs, apologized, of course, and decided to straighten up and fly right and just follow direction. Well, his professor said, you know what, Jesse, I, Mr. Katsopoulos, I, I, I can't read your writing, your paper, it's all, it's all a mess. So he suggested, I suggest that you get a word processor, computer, laptop, some sort, and type out your paper so I, in legible form so I can read it. That's the only way I'm going to grade your papers. Otherwise, you hand me another paper, handwritten, like you've done in the past. You're, I'm not even going to look at it. I'm going to give you an F and I'm going to throw it in the trash. Oh, he pulls out the thing and it's a little, uh, a little bulky. Not too bad. It's like, brace yourself, Beck. I'm going to enter the computer age. I love Becky's response. Is it 1973 already? Now, I notice... Remember how when she started on the show as Rebecca Donaldson, her hair was kind of a nice brown honey color? But then um, in season four and season five, it went from being kind of a, a brown honey color to more like a brownish, blondish, kind of similar to the brown honey color. Now we're in season six where it's got kind of an auburn reddish tint to it. Not bad, not bad. Season 7, it's dark brown to the point of being black. And I think in season 8, it's pretty much to the point of almost being considered black. It's that dark brown, which I don't like. I just, I just don't like. He's basically, I may have been a little slow getting to it, but the point is, as he opens up the computer... I have arrived. As in, he may be late to the party, but he's made it. He's arrived. 
Of course, Miss Computer Savvy herself, Stephanie, who it's kind of funny because TJ's the one with the computer in her bedroom, right? Yet Stephanie is the tech-savvy one because she knows exactly what to do. And not only, it's kind of funny, their outfits, Jesse's wearing a red and white plaid shirt. Stephanie's wearing a black and white plaid shirt. So it's just, it's kind of funny they kind of coordinate a little bit. So we get a little bit of exposition from Jesse Harrow. He explains to Stephanie why he had to break down and buy a 90s version of a laptop slash word processor. Because his professor couldn't read his handwriting, he asked if he had wrote his paper during an earthquake. And Becky's like, oh yeah, you know, I remember that one. Tom Sewer and Huckleberry Fink by Marv Twain. <laughs> Becky the whole time has been sitting on the floor gathering all the toys, stuffed animals that Nikki and Alex play with. I remember in the episode of season 5, episode 1, Double Trouble, when she starts 4th grade, she's learning about computers, so they're still, you know, learning more about computers and everything. I'm going to play this clip as she sits down and kind of shows Jesse, even though Jesse at first kind of balks at the idea of a younger person teaching him how to deal with new technology. Like, I run a soundboard, I run, you know, all this studio stuff when it comes to music, I should be able to handle this. And <laughs> it's just like, I, let her help you. It's almost like how... Us folks that are in our 30s and 40s that aren't 100% tech tech savvy, sometimes we'll have to watch videos done by like 10 or 12 year olds that show you how to do certain things on the internet, like with creating videos or what have you. And the kids, it's just funny because they talk down to you like, oh, you're so, how do you not know this? How do, I'm 30 years younger than you, yet I know how to do this. It's so simple. I've never watched one of those videos, but I'm pretty sure that's how the kids act. They, like, berate the, the adults. Like, I can't believe it. Ugh. Like, they'll give you advice, but they're going to criticize the fact that they're smarter than you when it comes to certain things. <laughs> but I'm going to play this clip. She's so cute. <laughs> All right, Beck, brace yourself. I'm about to enter the computer age. <laughs> Is it 1973 already? <laughs> Ha, 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 funny, funny. Look, I may have been a little slow getting to it, but the point is, I have arrived. <laughs> Uncle Jesse, I heard you got a new computer. Yeah, and my night school teacher wasn't too impressed with my handwriting. He asked me if I wrote my last report during an earthquake. Yeah, I read that one. Tom Sewer and Huckleberry Fink by Marv Twain. <laughs> you know, we're studying computers at school. I can help you. Stephanie, please, I am fully aware, okay? Now, I, I run a computerized synthesizer, I run a 24-track mixing board. I am no stranger to technology. <laughs> All right, let's hit that power button. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good luck finding it. <laughs> let's find that power button. Allow me. Yeah. There oh, we go. There it is. Okay, there's the power button. Very good, fine. Thank you very much. I will take it from here. Where do I take it? You have to call up the program. Oh, okay. I knew that. Yo, program! <laughs> Just a little computer humor. All right, maybe I need a little help. 
Try a lot of help. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what you do is, you just hit return. Right. Then escape. Uh-huh. File. Of course. Like the name of the file. Of course. Format. Uh-huh. Line spacing. Sure. Two. Uh-huh. Return. Uh-huh. And presto. You can just ready to go. do the right, steps as you're going. Oh, except for I missed one awesome. little thing. What? Everything before presto. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse's already get started like all right let's hit that power button he's like turning the thing on its side like all right let's find that power button and Stephanie's just like oh my gosh I can't believe it Stephanie just hits a button on I'm just gonna call it a laptop hits the button on it you hear the ding sound as it comes to life and he's like ah there it is okay okay go on go on go on do you ever get that, like, someone's showing you something, and then you feel like, oh, okay, I got it, I got it, and you're kind of like, okay, you can stop hovering and leaning over me, I think I got it now. But they insist on staying there just to make sure, like, if you have any more questions, but it's like, oh, I can do it myself, go away! It's like, alright, I'll take it from here. And then he just kind of like, uh, okay, um, where do I take it? She's like, well, you gotta call up the program. And he's like, oh, hey, hey, program! <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, just a little computer humor. And I like how he, like, kind of leans into her, like, eh. and it's like, <laughs> he's like, all right, maybe I'll need a little help. And she's like, yeah, more like a lot of help. So she starts throwing out instructions. She starts throwing terms like hit return and then escape. Usually escape's going to be at the far top left of your keyboard. Return, of course, is going to be like, what, the enter key, basically? And he doesn't know. You know, he just got this thing. So whether he's even ever looked at the keys, because they all have either letters or they have names on them, like enter, shift, backspace, caps lock, shift, CTRL means control, ALT means something, alt, it means alt, <laughs> arrows, numbers, home, and you know, all, that st- all that stuff, so. So she's like, alright, you hit return, you hit escape, you type, you hit file, then you type in the name of the file, format line space, so what she's doing is just explaining just what you're doing. She's not saying, okay, what I'm going to do, I'm going to tell you each thing you need to do, but as I'm telling you, I want you to find the return key. Okay, now find the ESC key up in the corner in the left there. Okay, good. Now, of course, it doesn't have a mouse to it, so he's probably going to want to use like the little spacing thing to get the little error error cursor on there to get to file. You're going to want to name your file, whatever it's going to be, you know, book report or whatever, night school. You know that stuff's going basically going in one ear and out the other. She's not, that's usually, when someone's teaching me something, it's like, okay, you tell me what to do as I'm doing it. Like, okay, you want me to hit this button? Good. Okay, where do I go next? Oh, I need my my mouse to do this? Okay, so. Now we're going to move to plot C, which is, of course, involves Danny and Joey. And if you think about it, Michelle kind of interweaves into these different plots because she does go to Joey and Danny first with questions about love. And then, of course, when it comes to marriage, because that'll come up later, she's going to go to, well, who do I know in this house that's married? Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky. Well, clearly, well, she goes to 
Aunt Becky, I believe, and then Uncle Jesse, so. So, Danny's got two, like, big red pails with, he's got his cleaning belt on, he's got a flashlight, he's got some cleaning supplies, he's got, like, probably a little, uh, feather duster thing, because they're just going to go after Joey's closet. And the thing is, Joey's closet is just got boxes on top of boxes just stacked. It's not thrown, I mean, if you've seen my closet, it's stuff's all over the place. You can't find anything. So Joey's like, Danny, you're being a little too overboard with this. It's like, have we seen, have you seen Goodbye, Mr. Bear? Have you watched your own episode, sir? Because this is just Danny. This is what he does. This is how he operates. Mind you, how long has Joey been in this room that used to be Jesse's room? A season. So we'll say a year in Full House time. Because the twins, because he moved in before those twins were even born. Those twins are now two. So it's been about two years. And that's probably about as long as he's taken to... I'm sure when he moved into that room, he shoved all the stuff in there and how he wanted it and said, this is it. If I need something in there, I'll get it. If not, it's going to stay as it is. We see Joey's room on his closet. He's got um, some Detroit Red Wings players poster. We got a Harry Houdini poster up. We got a poster with a clock. It's a little Charlie Chaplin thing going on. He's Joey is a man of many interests, from hockey, sports, you know, he's a comedian, so he's got comedian stuff, all that stuff. Okay, I thought it was all, like, different boxes. He's got one, two, three, four type of shoe boxes, one which has souvenirs written on it. He's got a couple boxes, one also might be souvenirs. We got a fishing pole, we got, like, old sweaters and shirts, just... Like, it's like he took his dirty laundry and said, well, I don't really want to wash these today. I'll just throw them in the closet and wait for them to, like, mold and whatnot. Ugh. It really reeks to high heaven in there. You know it must. There's also a dartboard on the bottom. Oh, and a water bottle. I'm going to play this clip because the way the audience reacts to this discovery of all of Joey's possessions slash junk, it's just like, whoa, Danny's got a job ahead of him. He cleaned the house from top to bottom. He can handle Joey's closet. Joey, get yourself psyched. Today's the big day. It's us against your closet. Come on, you're way over the top. Oh, really? Well, when was the last time you cleaned it up? Okay, what's today? Uh, Tuesday, so it would be, uh, never. <laughs> I knew I should have run that flamethrower. Come on, Danny, it's not that bad. <laughs> oh! What is he knocking for? Oh. I always wonder where that tunnel on Hogan's Heroes came out. <laughs> Shut up, Clink! <laughs> okay, you know what? I can't believe you have all this stuff here. Look at this. Pet Rock? Good boy. Oh, this is nice. X-ray glasses. Yeah, What about you all your junk from the Ooh, attic? Fonzie watch. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. A picture of Barbara Ann Veronelli. That's a tosser. Why would you save a picture of my old high school girlfriend? I don't know. It was so long ago. Don't be so grabby. <laughs> Something on the back here. Dearest, sure. whenever I think of eternal love, only one name springs to my lips. Joey. <laughs> Joey? When did you go out with Barbara Ann? 
I don't know, it was sometime after you guys broke up. Yeah? How long after? I don't know, a, a week, a month, a, a lunch hour? Really? Wow, you moved in that fast, huh? Hey, look at that. You switched to boxer shorts. Okay, I gotta say it. Um, <laughs> when Danny is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you saved all this junk as he pulls out a shoebox filled with a pet rock, um, a Fonzie watch, and x-ray glasses and something we'll get to in just a moment that uh, causes a little controversy. Yeah, there's a little something in that shoebox that creates a small, teeny, tiny little rift between Danny and Joey, which is more on Danny's part than anything. But just this, the Danny just sitting down on the bed with a shoebox filled of what he's like, I can't believe you saved all this junk. And I'm like, wait a minute. Joey just has a shoebox. Who who was it that had a entire attic filled with junk? A plastic Zorro sword. A ant farm full of dead ants. <laughs> platform shoes. A lava lamp. A bowling trophy for the cleanest ball. All this poopla poopla stuff that only matters to one person that's Danny and I get it it's his house but it's like ugh. you're criticizing Joey over having a shoebox full of keepsakes but you can have an entire attic full of your treasures from age one until age like 21 uh-huh yeah yeah okay but I think that's a slumber party episode with um Stephanie and the honeybees. And Joey ends up taking her to that. And then Dan, the plot B is like Danny having a garage sale. And of course, he doesn't sell anything because his prices are so high. The prices are so marked up so no one will buy them. But Jesse does Danny a solid and just takes a good chunk of the stuff and puts it in a storage locker somewhere. Storage facility and saves like an 8-track tape, 8-track player, and platform shoes to get Danny through the weekend. So there's a picture in the box, you box full of junk, of Barbara and Vanelli. And there's a note on the back. But first of all, Danny is just looking at Joey like, why do you have a picture of my old girlfriend? An old high school girlfriend. So this is clearly before Pam. Of course, Joey jumps right in there as Danny's looking at the picture. He goes to grab it and says, oh, well, that's a tosser. And Danny's like, why do you have a picture of my old girlfriend? I'm like, Danny, why does it matter? You didn't marry her. You married Pam. You dated Pam in high school and you got married. So all of a sudden, this lady that you haven't thought of in like 15 years or more now this is going to become a, a situation like, oh my gosh, this is the deal breaker here. You got together with my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> and Joey's like, I don't know why I would have, still have a picture of her or why I would even have a picture of her, period. And he goes to grab it and he's like, hey, don't be so grabby. He's like, dude, she didn't give that picture to you. Maybe it's just jelly because she didn't give a picture to Danny. There's a picture. The picture is of this lady, and it looks like she's sitting at a table and wearing a 
like a violet colored prom dress. Is that like a big old flower thing on one shoulder and then it's kind of on the uh it's one of those off the shoulder type dresses where it's only covering like one shoulder and she's got looks like definitely permed 80s hair I mean this picture here really it's not the greatest it's kind of you know blurry but that's what I can make out of the picture anyway so she wrote on the back, whenever I think of eternal love, only one name springs to mind. Joey. So Danny's really harping on this. Like, hey, when you go out with Barbara Ann? And Joey's like, I, I don't know. It was sometime after you guys broke up. And Danny's like, well, how long ago? Like a week? A month? Uh, Danny, uh, jo Joey's like, I don't know. A lunch hour? A lunch hour? must have been in on, like, as soon as Danny's like, look, I think we should see other people, and Danny goes to, you know, run to the bathroom and get in the lunch line, and Joey is, like, right there, like, hey, Barbara Ann, I see you're not with Danny anymore, you want to, like, hang out, like, go get a soda or something? I can't believe Danny is so worked up about this, like, get over it, you lost the love of your life, the woman you have been married to for 10 years, and you're harping on a girl you dated for, like, a hot second in high school? Give me a break. So Joey puts on the x-ray specs and he's like looking down at Danny's pants slash groin area. It's like, oh, wow, looks like you switched to boxers. Good for you. Because, of course, we got to deviate to some laughter so Danny will like stop being all butt hurt over this whole thing. That means nothing. But, of course, this is when Michelle comes in. Is she still holding that cookie? She's still holding the cookie. In her precious hands, like, oh, it's like a precious little baby bird. Comes in and says, what do you do when you love someone? Danny, like, sits on Joey's bed, turns his little handy belt around. He's like, all right, honey, come here, sit on my lap, let's talk. He does not ask any questions about, like, do you love somebody? Does somebody love you? He doesn't ask any questions. Like, why are you... Why are you asking me that? I mean, he just chalks it up to a girl being curious. And, well, I mean, it is around Valentine's Day, so. He's like, well, when you love someone, you start a relationship with that person. Well, um, <laughs> if you love somebody, wouldn't you kind of already be in a relationship? I mean, you'd have to be in a relationship with somebody in order to love, know them, and eventually develop feelings that will turn into love. But then again, he's talking to a six-year-old, so this probably could even be going over her head. It's like, well, if the relationship grows and blossoms and your best friend doesn't steal her away from you and uh, not tell you about it for over 20 years, it's like, now you're bringing in this stuff into the... And Michelle is just getting that much more confused. She's getting mixed signals from everybody. So, keyword, marriage. If you care about that person and you truly love them... Well, the next step is clearly going to be marriage. So here's where this first comes into play. And more people are going to be bringing up marriage. And honeymoons. Michelle's precious little six-year-old ears does not need to know what you do on a honeymoon. So I'm going to play this clip as Danny talks to her. And then, of course, Michelle, having gotten the... Looks like she's got the thumbs up. Like, okay, yeah, if you want to love, if you love someone, you want to get married, go for it. So Danny, ugh, tell me straight, Joey, did you steal her from me? You were broken up. 
steal nothing. Nothing was stolen because you were broken up. Joey's like, Danny, I happen to be your best friend. How insensitive do you think I am? As he puts on the x-ray glasses. Danny, good grief. Yes, this quickly gets solved with just a phone call. We can all move on with our lives because Danny really needs to. Isn't he with Vicky right now? And he's harping <laughs> about an old high school girlfriend, the person he met before he got involved with his wife of 10 years. Yeah, I say. And he's with Vicky at the moment, too. So it's like, what's up with that, huh? What's up with that? You're going to ask Vicky to marry you at the end of season six in The House Meets Mouse. So let's forget about Barbara Ann. She's not important. She's moved out. She's probably married. Don't know if she's really married or not. We don't learn that. But she does sell Amway, which we'll learn. got the okay from her father to marry someone if she loves them she says steve will you marry me also she is still holding that cookie she has she still got it so she's like steve hold up a minute i want to ask you a question so i like how he with and other people they get down on michelle's level and she's like will you marry me and steve kind of gives dj a look like oh this is an interesting new development and he's like hey well you know what i got no homework today of course i'll marry you why not so they just assume they're having fun with her and dj doesn't exactly help matters they're like oh you know if you're gonna get married you're gonna need an engagement ring so here let me take this twisty tie this wire twisty tie off this bread so now that bread loaf of bread's gonna go stale but it's okay because michelle will have a nice wire ring that will hopefully not cut into her finger i think she's just playing around she doesn't look like she's playing around she looks like she's like dead serious he agreed like yeah he said yes so i'm gonna hold him to that I can promise with michelle you better intend on keeping that promise for the rest of your life but she's gonna hold you to that so I'm going to play this clip. Steve, wait. I need to ask you something. <coughs> sure, kid. You name it. Will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I got no homework today. Today? What's for me? You know, Michelle, if you're going to get married, you're going to need an engagement ring. Here. How about this twisty tie? <laughs> now let's do this right. Michelle Tanner, will you marry me? Of course. Why do you think I asked? <laughs> oh, Michelle, it's beautiful. Yeah. Look how the wire catches the light. <laughs> well, we got to go. <coughs> See you later. Oh, God, I love that kid. <laughs> you. Yeah, he's so cute. I'm getting married. This is going to be the happiest day of my life. Yeah, I'm really the most saddest day of your Why are they going to school and she's not going to school? 
So, of course, Steve gives her a ring. He proposes, says, Michelle Tanner, will you marry me? And she's like, of course, that's why I asked. So they go to school. Um, hmm. Unless the big sale takes place after school, which it might. It might. We don't know that. Or is this a Saturday? I have no idea. This all is pretty much taking place in the same... This has got to be a weekend, right? Right? Because why wouldn't she be in school? And if they're having the big sale... Wait a minute. This doesn't make any sense. Kids wouldn't be going to school just to go to a bake sale. You'd be doing it around school in between classes so kids can, like, eat on the go. Or, like, oh, they just had lunch. Let's, like, feed them more food or something. I don't know. I'm all kinds of confused, but I'll let it go. Of course, Michelle's got to let her best girl know about her engagement plans, about her wedding plans, if you will. Because, you know, Lisa has come around. We don't know Lisa just yet. We haven't met Lisa. We don't know her until, what, season seven or eight? Yeah, so, yeah, this is her gal pal. Like, hey, guess what? Denise, I gotta tell you something. I'm marrying Steve today. And, of course, the first thing out of De Denise's mouth is, Whoa, he's a babe! But wait a minute, isn't he DJ's boyfriend? And, of course, Michelle's like, Not anymore! <laughs> so, the girls decide to talk, you know, we want to find out, you know, how to give you the best wedding, right? So, who should we go to? Who in this house is married? Hmm, Aunt Becky. She would be the best person to talk to, right? Right. So... I like this because we get to have Becky take a little trip down memory lane all of two years. And look at the photo album of the wedding. <laughs> and what's interesting is, um, remember in the series finale when Michelle does lose her memory due to falling off a horse and getting amnesia, Danny thinks, like, if I, you know, the doctor says you know, surround her with stuff that's familiar to her. He decides to take a little trip down memory lane with a photo album, and, you know, not just of Michelle from Jesse's wedding and other things like that. So we do get to see that. So I'm going to play this clip. Here, but she does such a long time. <coughs> oh, look, look, look. Here we are arriving at the church. Oh, and here we are again arriving at the correct church. <laughs> My dad was really nervous. <laughs> you look so beautiful. Aw, thanks. I gotta find a dress like that. <laughs> oh, you will, sweetheart. You are gonna make a beautiful bride someday. Someday? <laughs> Look, here's Danny helping the caterer scrub some pots. Oh, and there you are scratching your itchy knees. 
Where's Howie? Use it. So yeah, I forgot to mention actually when Michelle lets Denise know that she's getting married, of course Denise just like, oh I love playing pretend wedding. And Michelle's like, no, this isn't pretend, this is for real. I'm marrying Steve today. Because, you know, she's probably still hung up on when they were playing house and Michelle was a father and they were jumping on the bed. Like, oh, pretend wedding. Who hasn't played pretend wedding? I think, what was it, first, second grade? I um, pretended to be like a minister or something and was like marrying kids. <laughs> so, it's been two years since Jesse and Becky have gotten married. Michelle's now six. She was four when Jesse and Becky got married. So the only things, memory's pretty hazy, which is understandable. She remembers itchy tights, throwing flowers, and eating cake. No mention of Howie. No mention of Howie from Michelle. No mention of Howie from... Becky, who's going through the pictures. There are no pictures of Howie. I wish they could have brought Howie up. Michelle, like, Howie who? Who's Howie? Well, it's a nice nod to Howie, but we don't get that. We get Becky's father arriving at the wrong church, then the right church, then Danny scrubbing pans with the caterers. Michelle itching her itchy, um, itchy tights. Itchy knees with the tights. Ugh, not a fan of tights. I hear you, Michelle. So as the girls are looking at the photos as Becky's flipping through the pages, Michelle kind of hones in on the wedding dress. Like, wow, I got to find a dress like that one day. And Becky's like, well, you will one day. You're going to make a beautiful bride someday. And, of course, Denise looks at Michelle like someday. So I could take that both of two ways. Someday meaning someday when you're actually getting married today. Or some days, and yes, Michelle, someday when you're older, not when you're six years old. So I, I kind of took that it could be one or the other, how Denise means. Nikki and Alex are too. Are they still drinking bottles? Because she's got like little, what look like baby bottles. I think they'd advanced to sippy cups by this time. So Becky's got a dress on that definitely is a leopard print dress. It's it's nice. It, it really goes with her auburn colored hair. Now we're going to move up to the attic. We got Jesse working on his his paper. And of course, Nikki and Alex are coloring with huge crayons. Not the big fat crayons that, you know, but these are like the like the giant just giant long ones. I love how Jesse considers himself such an expert now that he's been typing out his paper. Like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so good at this. See, I'm in the computer age, and you boys are, like, in the Crayola age. <laughs> it's funny watching Nikki and Alice, like, play with those crayons. Like, I don't know what one's what, but he's got, like, a blue, or no, um, a red and a yellow crayon. He's, like, sticking them, like, to his cheeks. I'm like, well, good thing that those are probably the Crayola ones, not the crappy Rose Art ones. But, uh, I think that crayons have evolved, just the names and the colors. Like, there's, like, ten different, if you want orange, like, good luck, because there's, like, at least ten different orange colors. Shades of orange, shades of blue and red and pink and 
so so purple so many shades of purple and and green and yellow oh my goodness they got the craziest names i think one was even like flesh colored which is kind of creepy of course all right we got the wedding part info down we got that stored in the old memory bank now we, what comes after a wedding the honeymoon that's right so all right, so let's go to the second half of the married couple here, and let's go to Jesse so we can find out what a honeymoon consists of, which Jesse realizes he's talking to six-year-olds, so of course he's got to keep this on the G-rated level. Look at this, guys. I'm already on page 12. This is so cool. It is great living in the computer age, although you guys are still living in the Crayola age, huh? Say in the computer world, a little downtime. I don't know anyone that's What happens after you have a wedding? <laughs> well, you kick out all the relatives, count your toasters, then you go on your honeymoon. <laughs> What's a honeymoon? Well, a honeymoon is um, well, it's, it's a very special time where the uh, where the newlywed couple um, they get to know each other. Just call it like a vacation. They know each other before the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> but now they don't have to hide it from their parents. Okay, so they clearly were beating. What did you and Becky do on your honeymoon? Oh boy. <laughs> we were very busy. Oh yeah. Doing what? Uh, writing thank you notes for those toasters. Yeah. Listen, let's just say that it's it's a really really fun trip to go on. Okay. you have a wedding and Chester's like well let's see you kick out all your relatives and then you count your toasters apparently he thinks people just get newlyweds a bunch of toasters well that's why you do the wedding wedding gift registries so that way you make sure that nobody's getting you duplicates unless you want duplicates of certain, certain things but I don't think there are people out there that use a toaster so much to the point where they either want a backup or they just want to have two. So that way they don't have to share it with their spouse. <laughs> I don't know. So of course he mentions going on a honeymoon and she's like, well, what is a honeymoon? And at this, if this were me answering this question to a six-year-old, I'd be like, well, a honeymoon is just a fun trip that a married couple get to take. They get to hang out and, you know, visit places and spend time together and have fun. You don't get a... I, I mean, I get it. She probably wants the um, the mechanics of a honeymoon and stuff because she does kind of like, well, what do they do on a honeymoon and this and that. And he, of course, Jesse, you don't got to get into your what you personally did with your new wife on your honeymoon. 
Oh, he's like, well, it's a very special time where a newlywed couple get to know each other. And of course, Michelle's like, well, wait a minute. Don't they know each other before the wedding? And of course, we get a little insight to pre-wedding Jesse and Becky's relationship as, yes, they were together, as in together together before they were married. And he's like, well, at least now this way we don't have to hide it from our parents. <laughs> Cut me a break. <laughs> no way do your parents think you were, or even Becky were virgins. No way. I mean, maybe Kenneth couldn't think, like, oh, no, not my baby. No, she's a virgin when she goes down the aisle. Like, come on. Come on. Look, when she's like, well, don't they know each other before the wedding? And Jesse just gets this this look on his face for the, like, he's been caught with his hand in the cookie jar. He's like, possibly. It's like, yeah, you guys were together before you were man and wife, which there's nothing wrong with that. But it's like, come on. <laughs> he's like, by now they don't have to hide it from their parents. Oh, my God. So, to keep adding insult to injury here, she's like, what did you and Aunt Becky do on your honeymoon? Your audience is just like, it's getting deeper and deeper into this. Like, she wants a times table. Like, what did you do at 8 in the morning? What did you do at 8.10? What did you do at that? See, he just like, well, you know, we uh, were busy. We were busy doing stuff. And, of course, that's not good enough for Michelle. She's like, well, what were you busy doing? Uh, writing thank you notes for all those toasters. <laughs> yeah. But, long story short, he just says it's a fun trip that you and your spouse get to go on. And you get to hang out and just have a fun time. But Denise is like, well, where are you going to have your honeymoon, Michelle? And Michelle's like, well, I'm not sure. Uh, Hawaii or Chuck E. Cheese. Because that's a six-year-old answer. Chuck E. Cheese. I thought she was going to say, like, Disney World or Disneyland or something like that. <laughs> No, no, this is a honeymoon, girly. This ain't no birthday party. This is a honeymoon. See, that's why you're six years old. <laughs> that's a six-year-old answer, Chuck E. G's. So, of course, while he's ushering Denise and Michelle out of the room, Nikki and Alex, of course, decide to play with Daddy's laptop. They start pushing buttons, and Jesse's like, he's right by the door, and, of course, the laptop and his son, two-year-old sons, are like 10 feet away from him. He's like, no, 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 don't touch it, don't touch it. And of course, one of them, the one in red, hits a button. Don't know which button. Hits it, and it says, file erased. And Jesse is like, no, 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 no. He's like, move, 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 move. Eh. It's like, basically, what can he do? Because he just knows very little of the basics of, but he's like, oh, this is so easy. <laughs> now your file's been erased. What are you going to do now? Of course, go to the tech genius in the family. That would be Stephanie, but she's currently out helping somebody get like groceries or something. So she's out at the moment. Now let's please finish up plot C, which is the Danny, Joey, Barbara, Ann, whatever her last name is. And Danny's looking her up in the phone book. Apparently she never got married because her name is still the same. They're able to find her in the phone book. So now you're stalking this woman after 20 years. This is insane. Can you imagine if Facebook were around in 1993? 
they would have already looked, oh, well, looks like she's not married. Oh, let's look, let's look at her employment history because you can list that on Facebook too. Oh, let's see if she's single, engaged, married, or widowed, or separated, maybe even divorced. You can probably put your whole life history on Facebook on your profile, which I'm sure a lot of people are like, don't. And you might want to set that to private. <laughs> you don't want just any Tom, Dick, or Harry, like, looking up your name. So if you don't want someone to find you, you don't put your, your maiden name. You put your married name and hope that they don't know what it is. <laughs> Even Joey isn't even, it's like, he's ready to drop it, but Danny is just, he's like, no, I gotta find out. I need closure. I need closure. And I need, yeah. Veronelli, all right. And Joey's like, Danny, can we just drop this? I didn't steal your gr He did not. You were broken up. You were broken up. He did not steal anything. Oh, my goodness. Pam who, apparently? Oh, your, your mind is like Barbara Ann, Barbara Ann, Barbara Ann. I can't think of no one but Barbara Ann at this moment. Unless you're planning to get back with this woman after 20 years. What? You you know your girlfriend, ba uh, Vicky, Vicky, yeah. The one you're in a long-distance relationship with currently. Yeah, you're like harping on this old 20-some-year romance that you had with Barbara Ann. So I'm going to play this clip. It's like, enough already. Joey's watch face on his wrist is, like, larger than his wrist is. The wow. It's Barbara Ann Veronelli. Danny, let's just drop it. I did not steal your girlfriend. We'll just see about that, won't we? <laughs> Hello? Yes, is this Barbara Ann Veronelli? Yes, yes. From, from, from Golden Bay High School? Golden Bay. I am so glad I got a hold of you. This, you're not going to believe this. This, this is Danny Tanner. Right, Dan Dan. Dan Dan. <laughs> yeah, all cleared up. <laughs> oh, his acne? <laughs> the reason I'm calling is, is actually kind of silly. Because, uh, it's very silly. That was actually Joey Gladstone. Like, oh, really? Can I talk to him? <laughs> she wants to say hi. Yeah, of course he does. Babs. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> no, I can't. I don't do Flip Wilson anymore. <laughs> Okay, for old time's sake. The devil made me do it, honey! <laughs> <laughs> Hi, it's uh, Dan Dan again. Uh, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna ask you this. When you were dating me in high school, were you going out with Joey, too? Does it matter? Uh-huh. Uh no. Really? Oh, well, thanks for clearing that up for me. for Danny Dan Dan he's like oh yeah it all cleared up so I'm like guessing like yeah his acne cleared up and everything and as soon as Joey says something she's like oh can I talk to Joey and of course Dan's like oh um 
you know, she wants to talk to you. <laughs> and of course he calls her Babs. Like, isn't that, that's a nickname, right? For, that's like a shortened version of Barbara. Because Barbara is such a long name. Babs. Babsy or something. <laughs> and he's like Flip Wilson. The only Wilson I can think of is either Mr. Wilson from Dennis and Menace or Gordy Wilson. Goldie Wilson. Goldie? Goldie Wilson from, um... The guy who would be the mayor um, in the Back to the Future movie. So, J Danny and Joey and Jesse all went to Golden Bay High School. Which maybe they renamed it Bayview later on. I don't know. DJ goes to Bayview. Danny admits when he's talking to her, you know, the reason that I'm calling you, <laughs> it's actually kind of silly. But um, when you and I were together, were you also dating Joey at the same time? Which... Danny, I'm surprised this lady isn't like rolling her eyes like, oh god, 20 years, and this, this guy calls me up for this, whatever. I'm sure the the reason um she probably keeps him on the line so long is so she can offer her Amway because she sells Amway products. Joey like dips in to uh Danny there. He's got the phone up to her. He's like, oh, it's very silly, and that's when she's like, oh, is that Joey? Can I can I talk to him? <laughs> and she's like, oh my gosh, Joey, I haven't heard from you in years. How are you doing? Oh, do Flip Wilson. It's like, oh, I can't. I can't. No, I don't do Flip Wilson anymore. I don't think I could, I don't think I could pitch my voice that high. All right, here is Flip, his name is Clearo Flip Wilson Jr. Was an American comedian and actor best known for his television appearances during the late 1960s and the 70s. From 1970 to 74, Wilson hosted his own weekly variety series, The Flip Wilson Show, and introduced viewers to his reoccurring character, Geraldine. The series earned Wilson a Golden Globe and two Emmy Awards, and at one point was the second highest rated show on network television. Cool. Wilson was the first African-American to host a successful TV variety show. In January 72, Time Magazine featured Wilson's image on its cover and named him TV's first black superstar. So he was born December 8, 1933, and passed away sadly, aww, November 25th, 1998. So he was 64 years old. Wow. Okay, so I did look up um, Flip Wilson's Geraldine. And it's just like, okay, because I wanted to get a little reference for what Joey is referring to. Like, the devil made me do it. I can't. I can't. <clears throat> Let me try. The devil made me do it, honey. I can't. <laughs> That's as good as it's going to get. I, I can't. I don't think I can pitch my voice any higher. So, of course, Danny has to rip the phone out of Joey's hand. Like, all right. Um, I just, I want to get this cleared up. Um, When we were dating in high school, were you also going out with Joey? And he's like, uh-huh. Mm. Really interesting. Um, Yeah, you know what? Um, No thank you, but, you know, if I do ever need Amway, I will definitely give you a call. So Joey only caught some of that conversation. And he's like, well, Danny, I guess we should both feel a little silly right now. Or we sh or you should feel a little silly right now. And Danny's like, well, Joey, actually, you know what? I think we both feel a little silly right now. Get this. The only reason she was going out with either of us is because she's trying to make another guy jealous. And Joey's like, what? What, what other guy? 
And Danny said, well, I... <laughs> some younger dude, some younger guy. You might, uh, you might know the name. Um, his name was Jesse Katsopoulos. Jesse is four years younger than both of them. So, and we gotta know that, you know, Danny met Pam probably, what, when he was a junior or senior in high school, right? So that means that she probably was dating Joey and Danny when she was a sophomore. So she was dating Jesse, who was a seventh grader. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's like, ew. How funny that the other guy, some younger guy, just happens to be the guy who's living upstairs with his wife and two kids. When Jesse comes down, like, help, help, SOS, my computer, it's messed up. My boys erased my file, my heart, my paper, I spent all night on it. And of course, Danny and Joey ain't got no sympathy for that. Like, oh, so, your paper, oh, it sucks to be you, oh. <laughs> Luckily, um, Becky and Steph come in just in time. And Jesse's like, Steph, oh my god, thank god you're here. I need you to fix my laptop. They messed it up. They erased my file. I have 12 pages. I worked all night on this. I can't get that back. I can't get that back. So Stephanie's like, don't, don't worry, everybody. Calm down. Calm down. Okay, all right. Get me some hot water and a towel. And, of course, Joey's like, you need all that to fix a computer? And she's like, no, I want some hot chocolate. Like, Clearly, I'm not going to get paid, you know, dollars to fix this problem. Even though it's, like, <laughs> so simple. I'm not going to tell you that. But, um, I want to be paid in hot chocolate. And whipped cream. And chocolate sauce. So, oh, and marshmallows. So, you get on top of that, Uncle Jesse. And while you're fixing my amazing hot chocolate, I'm going to fix your computer. Consider that payment. So, I'm going to play this clip. Gee, that's too bad. Yeah, he's breaking my heart. <laughs> you guys. Hey, guys. Yeah, Nikki and Alex got to my computer. They erased my whole report. I need help. All right, everyone, stand back. I'm going to need plenty of hot water. Fix the computer? No, I want some hot chocolate. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, Alex, my beautiful boys. Hi, tell me, what did you do to Daddy's computer? Huh? making jokes. <laughs> Daddy's computer is not a toy. <laughs> Steph, you brought my report back. Bing, bing, bing. Simple. The automatic backup feature saves your document every 10 minutes. Sweet. Stephanie, you're a genius. Where's my hot chocolate, well, Jesse? I wouldn't say that. But you're more than welcome to. Where's my hot chocolate? <laughs> I don't do this work for free. Hey, hey, Deesh, how'd your bake sale go? Oh, it's great. <laughs> Our class raised over $50. For what? Of course, 35 but that was from Steve. to read. So Becky goes over to Nikki and Alex who are sitting at the table and she's like, boys, what did you do to daddy's computer? And they're like, oh god, oh god. And she's like, oh yes, did you see what they said? I asked them what you, they did to your computer. And she looks at him and he just glares at her like, this is not the time. I don't 
I'm not even, don't, don't, don't look in my direction. I'm so angry. I can't even focus on anything else right now. So she, she just was like, now boys, daddy's computer is not a toy. Then get them something else other than crayons to play with. Anything else. Don't have him at the table where he's working on that laptop. Where that is at, you know, toddler reachability. He had it on the coffee table. They were right there playing with the crayons at the coffee table. You know, uh, put them in their room. Have them play with toys. Work on your report when they're napping. So many things could have prevented this. Oh, you need to go over and then put the laptop, the put the top down so they can't touch the keys. But luckily, luckily, thank you, Tech Savvy Stephanie, because she fixed it. Apparently, the computer auto saves every 10 minutes, which is sweet. So hopefully you really didn't lose anything, which is awesome. So, yeah, I'm like, okay. Where's my hot chocolate? Why aren't you making my hot chocolate right now? Remember, I wanted that as payment for fixing your computer. Well, it's pretty easy fix, but you don't need to know that. <laughs> All right, let's give a little looksy poo here. He was reading Death of a Salesman, a book report by Jesse Katsopoulos. Type of work, drama, author, Arthur Miller. Type of plot, social criticism, time of plot, mid-20th century, locale, New York. First presented, 1949. So let's read what Jesse wrote here. Death of a Salesman represents a successful attempt to blend the themes of social and personal tragedy within the same dramatic framework for the story of Willie Loman is also the story of false values sustained by almost every agency of publicity and advertisement in international life. Willie Lehman accepts at face value, the over-publicized ideals of material success with blatant optimism, and therein lies his tragedy, his downfall, and final defeat illustrate not only the failure of a man, but also the failure of a way of life. The playwright's ability to project the story of his tragic lower-middle-class hero is the common experience of so many Americans who sustain themselves with illusions and ignore question mark <laughs> um <clears throat> I'm not saying that Jesse kind of wrote that but there's a difference between writing something in your own words your own thoughts and everything and I'm not saying that he plagiarized that but that just the wording and everything just not sound it doesn't sound like Jesse it doesn't sound like it's coming from like if you asked if someone asked your opinion on a book they don't want you to read the book jacket to them. They want your honest opinion, like what you got from it. Basically, Jesse, what did you get from Death of a Salesman? Other than what it's about in your own words, it just really feels like the wording just doesn't, it doesn't sound like him. So there are many, I've looked up on IMDb, many different versions of Death of a Salesman. The first one from 1951 is an hour and 55 minutes, Death of a Salesman. An over-the-hill salesman faces a personal turning point when he loses his job and attempts to make peace with his family. It's got Frederick Monarch, or March, I'm sorry. Um, a bunch of names that I don't recognize. Um, there's one from 1966. It's a TV movie starring Stanley Adams. 
On a Bryce award-winning television adaption of a famous play about an aging traveling salesman who's on the verge of a nervous breakdown, his job is gone, his family hates him for never being there, he tries mending things with them. There is the most recent one would be also a TV movie. Good golly almighty, there's a lot of them. Um, 1985, Dustin Hoffman, Kate Reed, and John Malkovich. An aging traveling salesman recognizes the emptiness of his life and tries to fix it. Great. Um, there's one from the year 2000. Um, good golly, there's so many. Real quick, there is a movie, it's called Door to Door, it came out in 2002, it has William H. Macy in it and Kira Sedgwick, it's really good, it's about a man with cerebral palsy and he's determined to become a salesman, it's just, it's so good, and it deals with him, you know, he lives with his mother and he's just going door to door selling, you know, I think vacuum cleaners and, like, cleaning supplies and um, cutlery and just all these different household items. And you just see over the course of the movie just the times are changing and it becomes harder and harder with his disability to be able to keep up, you know, because he's literally walking door to door. Eventually, he does have an assistant, and he can't handle all the changes like the go with the order forms. Eventually, stuff's going to be done from a typewriter. Eventually, it's going to be done on a computer, and he just he cannot handle the changing times, and it, things are always done his way. But it's such a good movie. It's so good. I definitely would recommend che you checking it out. But okay, let's move on from that. We got Steve and DJ coming in. They've sold all the cookies, made 50 bucks, 35 of which came from Steve, who is now broke. He didn't see the sign, you eat it, you bought it, which is very clever. I like that they put that there for people that just think, I'm going to go up and just start eating cookies. Well, then I hope you brought your wallet because you owe me some money. What do you think those cookies cost? So if they made 50 bucks... How many cookies do you think they had? I think they're like maybe, what, 50 cents to a buck, maybe? I don't know. Denise, of course, comes on like, hey, everyone's here. Great. You guys ready to come to a wedding? And they're all like, wedding? What are you talking about? I noticed when DJ came in the door, she had like, they looked like, I've never seen DJ wear glasses before. I didn't even know she had any. Unless they're the kind like that are transition lenses. Which I don't know. I'm like, DJ wears glasses since when? We know Stephanie wears glasses. Which is funny because in Fuller House, she must have gotten like LASIK eye surgery. Because we don't ever see her wear glasses. Unless she wants to be hip and she's wearing like sunglasses. But So, Denise is the only one that knows about the wedding. And she looks at Steve and says, you know, I'm sure you and Michelle, will be, you two will be very happy together. And of course... I love how Jesse puts an arm around Steve, like, oh, Steve, is there anything you'd like to tell us, young man? Like, what is this? Child bride scenario. I don't like this. Excuse me. We need to have a discussion. I love how Jesse calls Steve Steven. He's done it before. Um, I think, I honestly think that the worst outfit reward is just going to go for DJ's fuchsia top with the floral print vest over the front of it. I just, I don't like it. 
course, DJ's like, oh, well, Michelle was just playing. Steve gave her, like, the most adorable ring and everything for the engagement. Oh, she like, oh, well, she asked Steve to marry her. He gave her a ring. It was adorable. I wish I had, like, captured it on video, but I didn't, so. I'm going to play this clip. Is everybody ready? Ready for what? joke saying how Steve should consider himself a lucky man because he'll be married to a woman can, who can order from the kitty menu. Like, okay. So Denise pops her head in from the living room and says, let's go people. We got a wedding to get moving. So everyone goes into the living room like, oh, this will be fun. And Becky is holding one of the twins like, oh my gosh, look at this big bear. It's just an assortment of bears as uh, I'm guessing that's the bride's side. Which is what uh, Jesse says. Like, here you go. You kids can hang out with the bride's side, the bears. At least we know there'll be no objections from them. <laughs> I love how Becky's just kind of playing along like, whoa, look at this big bear. Uh, surprised at the turnout. I don't know any of these people. <laughs> I can't believe this is just so funny. <laughs> oh, big bear! Yeah, wow. Look at the turnout. I don't recognize any of these guests. <laughs> you guys sit with the bride's family. <laughs> Fake. Oh, really a taskmaster. Master. You ready? Let's do it. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Thomas like carrying the train. <laughs> what a beautiful tablecloth. Oh, it can be washed. Oh, come on. <laughs> Michelle, this was fun, but I gotta get going now. You can't go. But I have to. 
to see my mom's making meatloaf tonight. But we're married. We're supposed to stay together all the time. Ooh. Oh, Michelle, you do realize this is just a pretend wedding, don't you? No, Daddy. It was a real one. No, it wasn't. Well, I think we, uh, I think we might have a problem. Yeah. Uh, see, Michelle, if you were really married to Steve, then you wouldn't be able to live in the same room with Stephanie anymore. That's right. My own room? I'm sure you two will be very happy. Well, <laughs> uh, Michelle, what we mean is after you get married, you move away from your family. Is that what you really want? Uncle Jesse didn't move away. Because you begged him not to. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Steve, is Chuck E. Cheese alright for our honeymoon? Oh, God. I don't like that at all. take stuff so literally, kiddo. I love how they plop the twins right in on the couch with all those animals. There's even a giant basset hound that looks like one of those like uh, hush puppy dog or the mascot for the hush puppy shoes. And we go up to the top of the stairs and we see Michelle wearing this adorable white, what looks like a first communion dress. And she's, of course, wearing, a tr has a train, which is a tablecloth. She's wearing, if you remember the Happy New Year episode, she's wearing the little, um, I don't want to call it a hat, because it's not a hat. It's more like, um, like a, a visor sign thing that says Happy New Year. And I, I, I remember that, I remember that from that episode. So she's wearing that. She's got some fake flowers. Comet is holding the tablecloth behind her and I'm just thinking as she's going down the stairs wouldn't it be kind of a little nerve-wracking if he like took it and started like walking in front of her with it to the point where it's like whoa that, that is a tripping hazard if I ever saw of course you have Denise not only officiating the ceremony but she is also um the organist well she's playing a kazoo but still I don't think you can really carry a real tune on kazoos. I've played one. Because they're doing the wedding march on a kazoo, which I think that's just she's pretending to blow into it while they have like some sound thing doing the wedding march. And Becky and Jesse are just hanging on to each other like, oh, what a beautiful bride. And Danny's like, yeah, what a beautiful tablecloth. I mean, it can be washed, you know. It can be washed. When did they ever have a tablecloth on that table? Nothing that extravagant, that's for sure. That looks like something that was put in a hope chest. Of course, Joey always cries at weddings. Jesse and Becky's wedding, DJ and um, Silvio's wedding. Yeah. Funny how Stephanie turns to DJ and says, I always thought you'd be the first to be married. How funny that she's already forgotten, because it's been quite a few years, her wedding to Harry. Yet she remembers in Full House, Fuller House, she remembers that. Granted, it's not the same actor that comes back to portray uh, Reprise's role as Harry. It's some, another actor. So I'm guessing what this... It looks like she's standing on a hope chest 
or like um, an ottoman of sorts, something that you would probably, that's probably where she found that table, that fancy lace tablecloth is probably in that hope chest. She's got a stand on it to even be close to the height of Steve, which she's still off by quite a few inches. So Denise, as an ordained minister, <laughs> no, she's not an ordained minister, calls Steve over. He's like, the, you, the husband? Oh, get over here. No, he's a, he's a groom, but even still. Jesse's like, hey, Danny, look at it this way. You're not gaining a son-in-law or another kid. You're gaining a garbage disposal. It's like there is enough food in that. There's barely enough food in that house to feed all ten of those people. We don't need an eleventh person there. Oh, he says, you're not losing a daughter. You're gaining a garbage disposal. Michelle is just, I mean, she, in her mind, this is real. This is a real ceremony. Like, I'm so happy. And Steve, of course, is like, me too. It's like he's just grinning because he's like, this is fun. Just plain pretend. Everyone in that room except for Michelle thinks this is just, I, I bet even Denise is like, this is just fun. This is just a game. This isn't real. So she's like, the bride and groom have to hold hands. And Michelle's like, don't worry, Steve. I washed. Because there's... Isn't there, like, some concept, the whole thing about kids, you know, their hands are always gross and sticky and icky and ugh. But she's like, I wash my hands, don't worry. I didn't wipe my nose after, by the way. It's, my hand is clean. So Denise asks Steve if he wants to marry Michelle. He's like, yeah, sure, why not? And, of course, Michelle's like, no, you gotta say I do. You gotta be official about it. So Denise then asks Michelle if she wants to marry Steve. And Michelle's like, you bet I do. It's like, no hesitation in that. I do, I do, I definitely do. And she, that was a quickie ceremony. So I now announce you husband and wife. Everyone claps. Like, oh, this is adorable. And of course, Steve's like, well, I, that was fun, Michelle. I gotta go home. And she's like, well, wait, wait, wait. No, you can't leave. We're supposed to be together all the time. And the look after she's like, but we're married now. We're supposed to stay together all the time. The furrowed brow and just confusion on his face is like, wait, what? And it's not, this was just, fun it wasn't this isn't a commitment ceremony we're not actually married and even jesse becky and danny are like um michelle sweetie you do know that this was just pretend they were just having fun with you of course michelle is like no daddy it was a real one when he says you know this was just a pretend wedding like no it wasn't this was real like no it wasn't sweetie i'm sorry but no and even Steve, who's now crossed his arms, like, oh boy, um, gosh, you better fix this, please. <laughs> so, of course, as much as Becky wants to try to help the situation by saying, like, oh, if you were married to Steve, you wouldn't be able to stay in the same room with Stephanie anymore. Stephanie's like, oh, really? My own room? I hope you do. We'll be very happy together. There's another thing. Um, it's pretty simple. Once you get married, you don't live in the same house anymore. Well, Michelle throws a curveball into that theory as she's like, well, Uncle and Jess, Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky didn't move away. And I'm like, because you begged him not to. Granted, also, I mean, he really was unhappy. He wanted to be back with his whole family and not just his wife. But even still, she, it was, all of this was two years ago and she cannot remember she says Uncle Jesse didn't move away. Becky just looks at Joey like, you want to feel this one again? You want to take another crack at this, Joey? <laughs> so Michelle's like, hey, Steve, Chucky, she's good enough for our honeymoon. And he's like, honeymoon? Okay, this is too much. This is 
too much for me. I, I, I can't. It's just this poor boy. He's just having fun. Like, I'm just drinking DJ here. I didn't know that one. <laughs> it's almost like you're thinking Steve's head. It's like, oh my gosh, the police are going to break down my door and I'm going to be in jail. Once they find out I pretend got married to an, uh, a six-year-old. God, just the horror on his face. Like, honeymoon? Are you, what is even is this? Of course, Jesse has a little Michelle, Uncle Jesse famous talk as he's like, look, Michelle, buddy, as he takes her face in his hands and says, I know you think this was real, honey, but DJ and Steve were just playing around. This, this whole thing is just pretend. It's not for real. It's not a real wedding. And she's like, I don't believe you. And Danny finally steps in and is like, honey, I'm sorry, but what Uncle Jesse says is true. So she turns to Steve and DJ, and she's like, Steve? And DJ's like, look, Michelle, we're sorry. We thought you were just playing pretend. Well, when she looks at Steve, it's just, you can see her heart just breaking on the floor, like, because they use the like whole true love and you're my special Valentine and just this and that. So of course she's gonna latch on to that. And hold on to that feeling for as long as you know, through the whole wedding and everything and just the realization of like, no, it's was just pretend. This was just we were all having fun and all of a sudden you had to go and create a fake wedding and all of this. Of course, they must have known once they gave her that fake engagement ring, they'd have to go through a, with a fake wedding. DJ is the one that comes up and says, Michelle, we thought you were just playing. Michelle turns and, like, looks at Steve. Like, Steve is, like, almost like, is that true? I can tell she hears it from Steve's lips. Like, I'm sorry, Michelle. She just looks at him and just glares at him. Like, that was mean. That was really mean. Like, she's... The face of someone who's angry, but also is starting to get, like, emotionally worked up. Like, she's about ready to just, like, tears running down her face. And she just runs out of that room. I mean, even though, yeah, you do feel bad a little bit for her. But, guys, you really should have said at the beginning, Michelle, this is all pretend, okay? This isn't real. None of this. That's why she has Danny to help her work through her feelings and understand that this is just, this isn't love, what you're feeling. It's an infatuation. She doesn't know what infatuation means. But I'm going to play this clip between with her and, and Danny. He really is like, honey, I know you're hurting. Aww. I mean, any, any, this could be for anyone at any age that has had a crush on, you know, an older guy that will never look at them in the same way as you see them like they're never gonna be it's gonna be a unrequited one-sided type of love that you're only gonna end up hurt in the end we've all i'm sure been there we know what it feels like to be rejected and she feel, you know was rejected by steve age means nothing to her means nothing to her Sad, honey. When would Steve marry me? Honey, you're six years old. 
You're too young to get married. Yeah. But I love Steve. No, you don't, sweetie. Look, I, I know you do. <laughs> but it's not the same kind of love that grown-ups feel when they get married. I hate being a real kid. I can't stay up late. I can't cross the street. I can't get married. <laughs> Sometimes people forget how little kids have feelings. And right now, you're, what you're feeling is a broken heart. Can you fix it? I'll try. But you gotta understand, see, <laughs> Steve is DJ's boyfriend. She loves him and he loves her. come into the room he does shut the door so that way he and Michelle can have some privacy and everything with this talk and she's sitting she's still in her little first communion wedding dress and she just looks at Danny and just says why won't Steve marry me and Danny point blank is like honey you are six years old before she says why will ask why won't Steve marry me and Danny's like honey I'm sorry you feel sad yeah, it's like, you are too young to get married, Pumpkin. Six years old is just, you're not old enough. Stephanie was, how old was she when she married Harry? Like, eight years old? Yeah. I mean, it's a fake wedding, of course, but... Even the kids that I married when I was, like, seven or eight years old were also seven or eight years old. It wasn't real. So Michelle declares that she loves Steve. And Danny doesn't say, no, you don't. He says, I know you do. But it's not the kind of love that adults feel for, that grown-ups feel for each other. It's not that kind of love. Oh, he says it's not what the kind of love they adults feel for each other when they get married. And of course, Michelle, like every little kid that just is in such a hurry to, to grow up and be able to do all the things you can do, like cross the street. You can't uh, stay up late. You can't get married. Of course, Danny says, you know, I know how you feel. And, he, you know, she's just kind of hugging her pillows and everything. And just, she just shrinks right down. Just emotionally, this poor little girl. I mean, but he does help her understand that even though you're six years old, I mean, adults do have to realize that children still do have feelings. And I like how Danny does kind of identify, like, what Michelle is going through. There's actually a name for, you know, she's having kind of a broken heart. You know, she got her heart hurt. And Michelle looks at him, she's like, can you fix it? And he's like, well, I'll, I'll try. You know that that music does kick in, and it's like every time it does, I was like, oh, the lump in my throat just gets bigger and bigger. It's like, I know it's not even close to, like, the um, 
some of the other scenes that definitely warrant this type of sadness moment. I mean, it, it's sad, you know? He's a little kid, and she had a little mini, you know, 24-hour crush on Steve, and, you know, she, she thought he was sane forever to getting married to her and everything. You know, he went through with the proposal and the engagement, and, you know, saying that he wanted to marry her. Everything was going along swimmingly until, um... He's like, well, I gotta go. I gotta go have my mom's meatloaf, you know? So yeah, I mean, the fact that they were even entertaining it for so long, she got so wound up and wrapped up into it. It's like the longer you keep, you know, entertaining this idea, the more confused and more attached that she's gonna get to him, and it's gonna hurt that much more when she gets kind of a slap to the face with the reality there. Even Danny and, and Jesse and Joey, all the adults are just, Michelle, no, this isn't what you think it is. This is just pretend. None of them could convince her. So he does make Michelle understand that Steve is DJ's boyfriend, that he loves her and she lives him, loves him. That's just how it is. So even though, unfortunately, she's like, my heart's still broken. It still hurts. And he's like, all right, come here. So he sits her on his lap and he's like, you know what? One day, it's like kind of giving her something to like look forward to down the road. It's like, honey, this was just your first broken heart. You are going to have something beautiful to look forward to down the road when you're all grown up. So probably when she's like in her late teens, you know, you'll have a boyfriend. And then many, 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 many years down the road, you're going to get married. And you'll want to spend all of your time with that person. And I like how Danny says, in the meantime, until that happens, you have a house full of people that love you. And just take advantage of that, that love and just that togetherness and stuff. Because one day... You're going to go off, you're going to meet the one that you're going to marry, and you two are going to go off and start your life together. And it's just going to be the two of you. So while you're waiting for that one to come along, just have fun and embrace and love each other and just be part of this big extended family. I mean, you don't have to, you know, just sit here and wait for your true love to find you. Just revel in the love of family and just, yeah. I like he does his best to console her and just but also give her something that she can look forward to down the road. I mean, and guys, we know this we don't know what happens to Michelle after age eight or nine. Because that's when Full House ends. The only thing we know in Fuller House, which is in the twenty so it was over what twenty some years. Maybe Michelle's found love. Maybe she we don't know that she's gotten married. We don't we don't know that. We don't know if she's had boyfriends in high school. We have no idea what her high school life was like. Or even her junior high year. Maybe she, you know, got a little mini boyfriend or something like that. Or maybe we can only guess. Because Fuller House hasn't really filled in a lot of those holes. They're kind of, basically what they were doing was kind of filling in the gaps with what Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, you know, with the fashion line, and them living in New York. So they kind of peppered, you know, her history with, with that. Like, we'll just fill in those little holes with this. So, yeah. I think Michelle, later on in the show, she just, I mean, 
she's so cute and adorable and but she's also very she's very demanding of you know what she wants what she expects from her family i'm even gonna go and say spoiled i mean you can't say that this is not a spoiled kid but um she's just very sarcastic towards you and there's nothing wrong with being sarcastic and be able to hold your ground and everything i think that michelle that girl can handle herself against anybody. I really think, I mean, just how they had her, she had everyone at her beck and call. Whenever she needed somebody to do something for her, they would drop whatever they're doing at the drop of a hat and help her. So I think definitely she is one that can handle herself with a guy. That she would not let a guy take advantage of her. These are my terms. These are my expectations in a relationship. You don't like it? Well, there's a door. I really honestly think that Michelle, just based on what we'd seen in eight seasons, that that is the kind of person that she would, as she got into junior high and high school and everything, I really think that she definitely is one that, out of all the kids, she is one that can handle herself. Maybe, you know, at that point in the show, and even in Fuller House, she's not either with anyone or maybe she's... She's definitely not married, but when she's ready to find someone and meet someone who meets her standards, she'll meet them. Danny is, like, preparing Michelle for, you know, that one person one day she's going to meet and fall in love with and want to marry because she's going to want to spend all her time with them. She, of course, like all of us at one point have said, I don't want to wait. I want it now. It's like the good thing about waiting is you don't have to wait alone. You get to be with the people that you love. Like, yeah. Of course, there's a knock at the door, and Steve and DJ do apologize. Like, we're sorry, Michelle. We didn't mean to hurt you. If you want, we can make it up to you whenever. But, you know, you want to go to Chuck E. Cheese, you want to go to a movie, we can have a day that's just for you. And we'll just shower you with whatever you like. You want to go to Chuck E. Cheese? Want to go see a movie? You want to go shopping for some stuff? We can do that to you to make you feel better. Because they feel horrible about themselves. That Michelle, they entertained this whole idea. And Michelle took it and just ran with it. And it's like, I want to go full bore. I want to go proposal. I want to go engagement. I want to go walking down the aisle with Steve. Because as he said... You know, I can't, you know, even DJ's like, well, I can't stand in the way of true love. And Michelle's like, true love? Yeah. So I'm going to play this clip. Michelle, are you all right? I guess so. Michelle, look, I, I know you're angry at me, but I want you to know I never meant to hurt your feelings. Are we still friends? Yeah, we're friends. DJ, he's all yours. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. <laughs> this whole thing so if there's anything we can do to make it up to you now's the time to ask yeah you name it well i'm thinking <laughs> peach and plenty of it sure it's my treat thanks steve hey no problem michelle <laughs> uh mr tanner could i borrow a couple bucks <laughs> yeah since he blew that 35 on all valentine's cookies <laughs> Mr. Tanner, sir. 
So yeah, DJ's like, Michelle, we feel horrible. So if there's anything you want from us that we can make it up to you somehow. I thought, I swear, I thought she was going to go big time. It's like, Disney World, Disneyland, take me to Disneyland. And she's like, well, I'm thinking pizza and plenty of it. I'm like, no, Michelle, go bigger. Go bigger than that. Chuck E. Cheese. Well, they'll probably take her to Chuck E. Cheese. Um, <laughs> um, which, what's, is there another, in the in-between, you got your Chuck E. Cheese, you got your Disney World. Is there anything in between that? I can't think of anything. Happy, is that like Happy Mountain or Magic Mountain or something like that that they go to? I don't know. But, of course, yeah. So, Steve's like, hey, Mr. Tanner, can I uh, borrow a few bucks, you know? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right, because he blew $35 on those Valentine's Day cookies. I'm sure that he's already worked them off. Like, he's he's a wrestler, so he's always burning those calories off and everything. So, yeah, that's why he needs his, his strength, you know, bulking up with that food. So, and... You know, that's the episode, guys. I just, I thought this was cute. Um, this episode was the first episode I had watched with, um, when I first met Jeremy's mom. We all sat down and we had, we didn't have pizza. We had KFC. And, um, <coughs> you know, I met Jeremy's mom and it was kind of fun. We all kind of watched this episode because I'd seen it before in reruns and stuff like that. But, um. Yeah. As far as for date lists in San Francisco, I am going to wait till Valentine's Day of 2021. I mean, I don't, I know I did like all the Christmas and all Thanksgiving stuff and everything. So once December comes, I was like, what am I going to do? I don't have any holiday stuff to do unless, you know, once we get the part B of season five of Fuller House, I swear there's got to be a Christmas episode coming, maybe even another Thanksgiving one. So those can be for the end of the year if that's the case. Um... So let um gosh, so yeah, worst outfit. I want to give it to DJ. I really don't like that fuchsia top with the floral vest. It just wasn't didn't go good together. Um, I but for, I mean, you know how impartial the red, but I think I'm gonna throw a curveball this time instead of going for Jesse's red and white flannel shirt or plaid shirt. I'm gonna go with Steve's blue and black print kind of Aztec design shirt. I, I really like that. So I'm going to go with that for best outfit. Lesson learned with this, guys. If you're just having fun, you know, playing, just make sure that the child knows that this is all pretend. Don't, don't have them just build all this. Don't entertain this idea either. Just no, no pretend wedding. I mean, it's cute and adorable, great, but... You're going to build up a child's expectations and they're going to end up getting hurt in the end. And just, if you're going to do it, cute. But let them know this is pretend, this is not real. So they know the boundaries of reality and fantasy. So they should have honestly been straightforward with Michelle in the beginning. But it is what it is. All right, so... This week, I will also be doing Full House, Season 5, Episode 10, Happy Birthday, Babies Part 2, where, this is the next episode in the Jesse and Becky A Love Story series, where the birth of Nikki and Alex happen. Aww. 
And then next week, of course, is Fuller House Season 1, Episode 13, Love is in the Air, which is the final episode in the Jesse and Becky at Love Story series, which has been going on since early January. And then from there, I'll be taking a little bit of a break. I'll be doing two Rusty episodes in April, as I said. I will be doing Goodbye, Mr. Bear for Mother's Day in May. I will be doing uh, Daddy's Home for... Father's Day, and if I do, like I said, if I if I have time, I will do the, the Danny in Charge. Because that is two episodes of Danny, you know, spending time with all three girls. So, and then from there, we'll just kind of, as I said, a lot of stuff's going to be going on on the home front in the next few months. So, we're just going to play it by ear once I get settled where we're going to be. And I can just kind of slowly pick things up from there. I think I will probably just stick with maybe doing a couple episodes a month at the time while I'm working on other projects as well. Guys, there are a lot of Full House episodes, so I don't need to, you know, rush through them. Like, oh, I gotta get all my episodes. Like, I'm not doing that. I want to spread it out. I want to give you guys your, the content, but I don't want to overload you. And I don't want to overload myself. So that's why I'm taking a little, I'm taking a little break. Um, in the meantime... In April, I will be doing the first episode of a new podcast. I know you're probably like, no podcast, you're taking a break from these others. I know, right? <laughs> um, but I will be doing the first episode in Different Strokes. That is a podcast, it's Different Strokes to Move the World, a Different Strokes podcast, where I will be doing select episodes. I will be doing maybe a couple episodes in the summer and then maybe, you know, a couple through the fall, but and then officially maybe kind of getting going once the Silver Spoons podcast ends this year, which is the plan. So if you guys are into Silver Spoons, all three full seasons are up on the Punky Power podcast page if you want to check those out. So I'm also taking a break from Silver Spoons until probably about June or so. So while well, I am working on pre-recording stuff and home stuff and all the good stuff. So, all right, everyone have a wonderful, it's actually, what is today? Tuesday? Let's see. 18th. Gosh. God, we are almost done with February. We're almost done with the second month of 2020. This is crazy, guys. It's crazy, right? <laughs> All right. If you guys want to email the podcast, I would love to hear from you. If you want to write in, go to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Have a wonderful week. Come on, early spring, right? Pucks Tony Phil said early spring. I want that early spring. We all want that early spring, right? Especially those of us that live in the Midwest areas or the snowy areas, you know, yeah, we're, we want that early spring. This winter has not been that bad, to be honest. It really, really hasn't been, so it's been a blessing so far. I don't want to, I don't want a ice storm in April. That would totally suck. So, all right, everybody, have a good weekend. Bye-bye.